0: God's people said, Amen. Amen. Has He been faithful to us? Please turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. This morning we're going to jump ahead to 1 Peter 4 and look at verses 10 and 11 as God calls us to love and to serve one another. As we begin, i got to tell you, I'm really nervous today. At 4 o'clock... I'm preaching for a church in Eatonville. It's a church that's celebrating their 125th anniversary. St. Lawrence AME Church, right there on Kennedy Boulevard. And the pastor keeps telling me, please bring your folks out. So today, the Lord's Day, if you have time at 4 o'clock to come and support your pastor and pray for your pastor, um, the services will be right there in that church. And I am excited. I'm excited. I'm terrified. I am. I'm terrified. It's, Theo Robinson's invited me, and he's a brother in Christ, and I just saw him uh, again this weekend, this Friday. I ran into him, and and I wanted to say, Theo, now you remember I'm white. He says, yeah, I haven't forgotten. And he says, you know, God really has led me to Pastor Jakes. I said, Theo, it was T.D. Jakes, you know, not Jeff Jakes. So anyway, it was good news. I... uh. I asked him, I said, how long do I have to preach? He says, as long as the Spirit leads. <laughs> is it true here this morning? <laughs> <laughs> but please come, if you can, at 4 o'clock. You know, all I can, all I can think about is there's going to be someone who's going to be screaming out. I'm going to have some amens, I hope. I'm going to excited about that. So you guys can help me out today, all right? You can warm me up a little bit, all right? Get me going. Send me out. And uh, preach it. And I just know there's going to be someone who's going to stand up and say, help him, Jesus, help him. (laughs) I told the Lord I'm willing to go. I don't know what he's doing, but I am excited as well. One of those passages in God's word today that's, it's, I know I say it about every Sunday, but it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable what God's Word has for us again today, the way He loves us and the way He equips us and the way He is going to glorify Himself through us. So turn with me to God's holy and errant Word. This is our rule. This is our guide. And this is where we need to go to week in and week out, to be fed and to be directed as well. So as we look to God's Word in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, we're mindful that this is God's holy and errant Word. It says this, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God, whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So that in all these things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, again this morning, we are so grateful for your word and the privilege to come and to feed upon it. And God, we're thankful to Your Son who has come and as the Word made flesh to live among us and to bring us home so that we can understand and have this Word. Father, we're thankful for the Holy Spirit that opens up our minds and our ears and our eyes and our hearts and empowers our feet in light of Your Word and to walk in a manner worthy of Your Word and to understand Your Word. And Father, even this morning it says whoever speaks in your word speaks the very oracles of God. Oh, Father God, only you could choose to use broken fools like me to speak your truth. And oh, how humbled I am and oh, how fearful it is to stand in your stead and to feed your people. One thing that is utterly clear, Father God, is that we don't need my wisdom. It'll fail. Your people, your bride, need you to speak clearly. Need you to speak powerfully. Father, in a way that we understand, in a way that we hunger, in a way that we're fed, in a way that we are motivated. So Father, come and do that which only you can do, and that's speak through a broken sinner. Forgive his sins, there are many. And Father, may we hear Your voice, the voice of Your Son, the voice of the Spirit. And may we be compelled to surrender our lives because of it. May You and You alone receive glory as this verse so clearly says. It's all about Your glory. And may we receive great joy. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. One of the joys of getting away is getting away to different parts of the country and maybe seeing different wildlife that is not indigenous here to florida we have some beautiful wildlife here and i'm very thankful for the incredible aircraft carrier size birds i'm not very thankful for the aircraft carrier size insects but it is nice to be able to get away and to see the beauty of god's creation and in the creatures he's created chipmunks Why don't we have chipmunks? Are they not one of the cutest little creatures you've ever seen? Is it just me? Am I losing it? But to me, I love going to the north and seeing chipmunks. Woodchucks. I'm not sure if they're hedgehogs, woodchucks, or groundhogs. People seem to call them all the same thing. But they're really dumb animals. that get hit by cars along the side of the road. But they're cute to see right before you see them in the rearview mirror. Deer. I know we have deer here. But we have deer that are not on steroids or something happened to our deer. Because you go to another country and they're huge and they're big. One of the things that I saw this summer that we do have here. And by the way, isn't it nice to get away from some of the creatures that are indigenous here? I mean, to swim in a place where there's no alligators. No sharks. And you don't have to worry about those football-sized cockroaches running around. One of the things that I saw this summer and just taking in the sights was, and we do have them here as peacocks. And a peacock, what an incredible bird that the God has made. I mean, kind of unusual. You look at it from a distance before it opens up and fans out its tail feathers and you wonder, it's kind of awkward looking with that big tail hanging behind. But all of a sudden, as it spreads out what God has created in tail feathers and it fans out this beauty of a multicolor arrangement. And all you can do is say, wow, God, that's amazing that in your creativity that you decided to have a peacock be that breathtakingly beautiful. Well, in the verse that we have today, it's talking about God's multicolored grace. Grace. It's, it, it's his uh, 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 grace that maybe it can be translated multicolored. Our, our text translates it manifold grace of God. But here's the reality God has a story to tell, and he has a beauty that he wants to be seen. And it's his beauty, and it's his story. And he's going to use us to tell his story. Are you ready for this? He's going to use us to reflect his beauty. He has given each of us a piece of that beauty. Together we come together like a jigsaw puzzle that he has put together before time began to reflect a beautiful picture of who he is. And the only way that the world sees the beauty of this picture and the beauty of our God is if our tail feathers are spread and we are united together in Christ And we are singing his glory. And we are telling his story. And we said, don't look at our beauty individually. Because there isn't a lot. But look at our beauty corporately. And look at the beauty of what God has made. And as the world sees us with our tail feathers spread. And it reflects his beauty and what he has done. The multicolored grace of God. By his design, he makes a beautiful tapestry Out of us. Go figure. He makes a beautiful picture and tells an incredible story through us. Go figure. And the way he does it is each and every one of us is uniquely gifted by God. Each and every one. Each and every one is uniquely gifted by God so that we can serve one another and ultimately so that His name can be praised. The first thing we see in this this verse, in verse 10, is this. You are uniquely gifted by God as each one, every single one, has received a special gift. Not only have you received that special gift, but we see that we are stewards of that gift. It's by God's manifold grace that we are gifted. No matter who you are. No matter what you see reflected in the mirror. No matter what your self-esteem is. If you are a child of God, you have been uniquely gifted by God to serve others so that God can be glorified, so that His story can be told. No Christian here, listen, there's no believer here, there's no Christian here, no matter what age you are, whether the youngest or the oldest, the strongest or the most frail, the most educated or the most simple, No matter who you are, the newest Christian or the oldest Christian, no matter who you are, good news, God has uniquely given you a gift. The question that we have to ask, God, have you gifted me, is the wrong question. The question that each and every one of us needs to ask continually as a child of God is, God, how? How have you uniquely gifted me? What have you given me? What part of the tail feather do you want me to play? Because I have to realize, and you have to realize, that God has uniquely gifted each and every one of us. They're clearly from God. God is the one who says that we are stewards of these gifts. We don't even own them. What God has done is He's done this. He says, basically, I'm creating this story. I'm telling my story. I'm the God of history. And the really good news... Our history counts. He's not just the God of the history that we read in the New York Times today or the San Francisco Chronicles. He's the God of our history. He's the God of our story. And he wants to tell his story through us. He says, I'm going to give you a gift. And listen, all you are of this gift, you're not an owner of this gift. You're just a steward. It's been entrusted to you by me. It's there by my design. I have determined what that gift will be. And you and I are called to use that gift not for our pleasure, not for our glory, not even to tell our story, not to find advancement in society, not to make a living for ourselves. Ultimately, God has uniquely gifted us so that we can glorify Him and tell His story. But there's really good news with this, and it's this, is there's not a disconnect between God's glory and our happiness. The two are perfectly wed together. God has created us for himself. He has created us to enjoy him, to know him, to live for him. And as we reflect his love, as we live for his glory, as we use that gift or those gifts that God has given to us as good stewards acknowledging, God, all that I have is yours I acknowledge that you are the designer of this gift, and I want to use it for your glory as simply a good steward. Guess what? We find our happiness. We find our joy. This this has meant so much to me over the last several years. For several years of my Christian journey, I thought that God's glory and my happiness weren't always on parallel tracks. For oftentimes in my Christian life, I thought that if I fully surrendered my life to Christ, if I utilize these gifts for His glory, that somehow I might be missing out on my stuff. And I'm reminded over and over and over again the beautiful reality that when we use our gifts for His glory, we find the most happiness. We find life and life abundantly. And because we find His pleasure, the pleasure of the Creator who has uniquely gifted us. God not only gifts us, but he empowers us. Look in verse eleven, it's amazing. You get ten is very clear. Each one of us is uniquely gifted, and we have to employ those gifts. More in a minute about that. That we are only good stewards of these gifts. He goes on to say, or speaks, do so, the utterance of God, whoever serves, do so, as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. Isn't that just God? Isn't it only God who's going to say, you know what? No matter what you feel, no matter what the world says, I've gifted you. It's been my design. And no matter how much lack of energy you have, and you know, how, you know, how busy your schedule is, no matter whatever life's going on, God says, not only have I gifted you, I'm giving you the strength to utilize it. I'm giving you the resources and the power to use our gifts for God's glory. There is such good news here. And the word that he uses for supplies. I mean, just one of those words in the Greek that I, I just had to wrestle with all week. It's unbelievable. It means it could mean choir director. God gives us a choir director. He supplies it. It could be in a theatrical production. The dancers in the uh, ensemble that he is supplying. And it also can be translated in abundance. And here's the deal. God is the one who says, I have created you as you are. I have gifted you as you are. And I'm going to give you the strength. The strength of the resurrected Savior. The strength that would take a dead Savior and lift him to life out of the tomb. I'm going to give that to you as in abundance. So that we can serve him. There's good news you're uniquely gifted. There's good news your life counts because of that. There's good news he wants to use you. There's good news he will empower you to use your gifts for his glory. So we can't sit back and say, you know what, I'm not gifted. It's not true. We can't say, sit back and say, you know what, I don't have the power. It's not true. It's his. But not only have we been uniquely gifted and not only has he empowered us. Ready for this? He's empowered us and gifted us so that we can serve one another. God has gifted you to serve one another. The second part of be there is this. Employ that gift. Employ it in serving one another. God has given us this. He empowers us. And you know the word here, to serve one another, means deacon. It's where we get the word deacon from. That God is calling us to serve one another like deacons. I love what God's Spirit is doing in this church with our diaconate, our board of deacons. We just elected two more. Because there's a realization that the deacons aren't the ones in this church that are supposed to serve one another. The deacons aren't the ones in this church that we turn to and say, you take care of the stuff. The deacons are the ones in this church that are to be catalysts to all of us, saying we all have a unique gift. We all have certain colors in our in our, our feathers that we have to blend together to show this picture. The deacons are the ones who corral us and say this is how we can serve one another. Take out your insert, please. And you can look this bridge building insert. And you can see in there that says something that says Orangewood Deacons. Immediately after the worship service, each and every one of you is going to march faithfully to Fellowship Hall and put your name on certain lists. And one of them may be the Orangewood Deacons. What do you do? Let me ask you this question before we begin. What do you do on a Sunday morning that helps your neighbor worship? You say, I do nursery duty. Very good. Thank you very much. I set up the sanctuary. Thank you very much. Those are two minimum requirements. Several of you have given so that we can worship. Several of you help us park cars. Several of you teach in Sunday school classes. Thank you. For those of you who are deaconing, for those of you who are serving one another, thank you. But the reality is this. Christian, it's not an orange wood call. It's a Christian call. Each and every one of us has to do it. And Sunday morning isn't just about receiving. It's also about loving God and loving one another and using that gift that God has given us. Maybe that gift is simply greeting one another. Look at some of the things we're looking for. Ushering, greeting and coffee ministry, parking ministry, worship setup captains, hurricane readiness uh, teams. God has killed each and every one of us to deacon one another, to love one another. And we are gifted to do just that. And so let me encourage you, if you're here and you've been here a while... And really, you haven't jumped in yet. Young person, old person, God can use you to greet. God can use you to love one another. And we'll see you in Fellowship Hall right afterwards. But what we also realize is this we can't serve one another if we don't know one another. We can't love on one another if we don't know one another. And we're not a huge congregation. Compared to some churches, we're pretty big. Compared to some churches, we're really small. But one thing I realized with a church of this size, it's so important for us to be connected to one another. We cannot serve one another if we don't know one another. We can't meet one another's needs if we don't know one another's needs. We can't love one another if we're not connected to one another. So also you'll see on there on the back side, C2 groups. This is the most uh, uh, clear vehicle that we have in this church to connect you to one another. And you'll also see back here... Uh, some C2 groups, uh, a C2 group is a small group. The C2 stands for building community to reach a community. We would love for you to be involved in a small group of people who know you, who love you, that you can serve one another. There are great opportunities for that as well. You see, God has uniquely gifted us, but he has gifted us so that we can serve one another. That's how he provides for us. What's happening in this letter? What's happening? What's happening? They're hurting. God's people are being persecuted. God's people are even being killed for their faith. And they're suffering. And Peter is continually reminding them, listen, your Savior suffered and you're blessed to suffer. And listen, listen, Orangewood, this is a way that God provides for those who suffer. And the way he provides for those who are suffering like us is one another. And the way he provides for us is to gift each one of us uniquely, so that we need one another. We need one another. The story isn't complete until we're linked to one another. And the way He meets our deepest longings in the brokenness is that we will serve one another. It's God's beautiful plan. It's His multicolored grace that says, I'm going to gift you to love one another because you know what? We're hurting. Are you hurting here? I mean, I think if we had the hurting meter... You go to a a stadium sometimes and we'll have that applause meter, you know, and it'll be going up and the louder. I always wonder, is that a gimmick? They seem to do the same thing no matter how loud the crowd is cheering. But anyway, if we had a hurting meter plugged into each member of the church every time we walked in here, we'd be amazed. Because oftentimes we live our lives in quiet isolation and desperation and don't want to let one another know the incredible pain that we're in. But I'm telling you, as your pastor, I see it. And what I see is incredible pain, incredible brokenness. I see it when I look in the mirror. I see it when I look into the brokenness of my own life and the brokenness of your own lives as well. We are, we are a gifted community. We're, we've got, good things are happening. But the truth is, we're a broken community. And God has given us each other to love. Does it make sense? I can't love you enough. You know I do. I had someone come in my office this week and say, can I come back to Orangewood? I said, of course. Where do you want me to roll out the red carpet? And they said, basically a backhanded compliment. We know you can't preach, but you love really well. <laughs> he didn't say it that way, but that's what I heard. <laughs> and I do. I don't love you well enough. I can't. I, 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 I'm in a love affair with this bride. I'm in a love affair with the members of this church. I'm, I'm, in, I'm crazy about what God is doing here. I'm not enough. I can't. And every day I'm reminded of, of my frailties. And listen, it's not about me. And I don't want you to feel sorry for me. Don't. I, got, I love my job. But the reality is, is you need one another. You need him first and foremost. And as Reggie says when we pass the peace, the most tangible reminder that we need him is one another. And we have to be connected to one another. Are you hurting? Are you lonely? Or are you gifted? Go, go be part of our C2 ministry. You know, move us forward to love one another Oh, how important it is. God has gifted you to serve one another. Not only to serve one another here, and it starts here. It really does start here. But it also includes our community. Listen, God has gifted us uniquely to bless this community. And as he blesses us, he is certain that he doesn't want us to hold it here as a holy huddle. He's saying, you better be a city on a hill. A city that cannot be hidden. You better be loving your neighbors in word and deed. And you know... Maybe I'm out on a limb and maybe I'm a little bit, I hope it's not pride, but I don't think we've ever done a better job being salt and light. And I love to say we've only just begun. You'll also see on here a bridge-building ministries. Our bridge-building ministries where we are saying, God, you have uniquely gifted us. How can we be a blessing to our community? What you're going to see in this ministry fair is in all of our ministries. There are several that are not represented. We're going to have other ministry fairs that will focus on things like Restore Orlando. But today, in God's wonderful providence, when this pastor whose knees are knocking about his four o'clock sermon, uh, we're going to be focusing on Eatonville and how God has called us there. You know, one thing that was so clear to your pastors about two years ago God has called us to Eatonville, not just to build a house, He called us there because we got a lot to learn from that community. And there's a lot of that community has to teach this pastor. And I, I, just, I, I just believe the gospel is going to be advanced for the way that they love us and we love them. And some amazing things are taking place. And now this year we're doing so much more than building homes by God's grace. There's a three-pronged approach. There's housing, there's health care, and there's job training. The first thing is, is the housing. I've asked Robert to come quickly and to share a story about how God has used Orangewood. Come on, Robert. Either He's asleep. Or he's just staring at me. Come on, man. I didn't let you speak this week. I'm letting you speak this week. Tell us the story about God's justice in using orange wood um, in that lady's house that you told us about. And a little bit more about some of the elders or the widows that we'll be helping. That'd be great. Thanks.
1: Um, I'm really uh, touched by the song that, that we just sang with these words. Songs that sing your hope. Songs that sing your joy. Dancers who dance upon injustice. What does that mean? to dance upon injustice. Uh, last year, um, when I, when I uh, had an opportunity to preach, I shared a story about a woman from Eatonville who uh, came uh, to me at Orangewood um, for help. And she said that, um, if you remember the story, her name was Lisa Curry, and she came and said, basically, I had my house stolen out from under me. I said, what on, what on earth happened? and she said she got behind on her taxes, and someone from another church, a church in Winter Park, unrelated to this church, uh, had said that they would help her. All she had to do was sign over a quit-claim deed to the property, which she owned free and clear, and they would pay the taxes, and then all she had to do was pay them back with interest. And it turns out that that interest rate was 96%. And when she told me this, my blood was boiling. And if you ever heard of that expression, righteous indignation, that's what, that's what I felt at that moment. And as I heard her story, I, but one of the things that came to my mind is, I said, Lisa, why on earth, after having been, having your house stolen out from under you, from someone from a church, why are you coming to Orangewood for help? And she said, because I heard that Orangewood was a church I could trust. And it just about brings tears to my eyes, just as it did then. We're a church that she could trust. We got lawyers working on her case. It's been in the courts for over a year. Two weeks ago, I got a call from one of those attorneys... He said, a lawyer has finally heard the case. Lisa Curry has her house back, free and clear. Praise God. To dance upon injustice means to take that injustice, throw it to the ground, and not only put it under your foot, but to dance on it with God as as the purpose of our song." And so this is just a great, a great story about what's going on in Eatonville, but Jeff's going to talk about this three-pronged approach where we're going to address the areas of housing, health care, and jobs training. And the interesting thing about this case, and I think one of the reasons Jeff wanted me to share it, is that Lisa Curry um, has not worked for a long time. And one of those reasons that she gave me is that she has diabetes. ...and she needs help for her diabetes. And there's a free health clinic in Eatonville... ...that by God's grace we're going to partner with... ...so that she can get free health care to help her with her diabetes. She also needs jobs training. And I'm going to be talking with her... ...and seeing if she's willing to go through this 12-week training program... ...that is going to give her the skills... ...that she can get a good-paying job with benefits... And the house that we have helped get back for her is in need of repair. And now we'll be able to, through helping hands, if she goes through these other steps, that we're going to lay out an entire plan for her, that maybe next spring we'll be able to repair her house and get her back in health, get her jobs training, and get her back in her own home. Praise God for these opportunities.
0: Who wants to see Robert dance upon injustice? (laughs) All right. right. Yeah, he has the same problem I do. That pale skin. No rhythm. You'll see in here, the bridge building, there is the helping hands. Uh, It's so exciting to see that we already have captains for each project. We already have money. We just need you. Uh, Some exciting things with helping hands. All these widows that we all have the opportunity to help Uh, More in Fellowship Hall. uh, Job training. You're going to see a video here in just a moment. It will tell you about this incredible ministry that we are so excited. It's done so much in our community. And now for the first time, via Orangewood, and the relationship by God's grace is coming into Eatonville. And also Shepherds Hope. Robert mentioned that. Let me read you this story about Shepherds Hope real quickly. It ties in very nicely. It talks about the Hungerford Shepherds Hope Clinic. And it says... uh, Charles Howard. Charles is a soft spoken gentleman who lost his job as a gardener when he got sick with diabetes. Along with his job, he also lost his health insurance. Charles showed up at the Hungerford Health Center with a gangrene foot wrapped in a plastic garbage bag. He needed immediate care. One of the volunteer nurses drove Charles to the emergency room where he was admitted, and doctors amputated two of his toes. The same nurse visited him in the hospital and supported him through his recovery. Since then, Charles has adopted the Hungerford Clinic, and the volunteers have adopted him. One volunteer provided him a bicycle, and someone else helped him apply for Social Security disability. The volunteers did much more than provide medical care. They provided love and support and offered Charles hope for the future. If you're gifted in the medical field or just have a heart for something like this, this there's another great opportunity, just a couple hours a month, to go ahead and sign up. And one that we're so excited about is Job Partnerships. If you'll focus on the screen behind me, please.
2: Hi, my name is Eddie Moreton with the Jobs Partnership of Florida. Our mission is to inspire and equip people for success in life and work. Speaking of life and work, Are you certain that the reality that you live today is a result of the choices that you've made? Or are you the victim of your circumstances? Let me ask you this, have you lost everything but hope? In order to succeed in life, you need a strategy for success and hope is not a strategy. Listen to the story of one of our graduates and how they found a strategy for success at work at the Jobs Partnership.
3: Hi, my name is Ronnie Duran, and I'm here to tell you my experience with the Jobs Partnership of Florida. First, my life was a disaster. I couldn't keep a job. I was never satisfied with my job, and I knew something needed to change. And that's why, thanks God, one day came a pastor to where I work and talked to me about the job partnership of Florida, and I I decided to take a shot and 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 went ahead and take the, the start taking the classes, and the changes were. Immediately, you know, at the job partnership, they uh, gave. I took this uh, assessment uh, test, and I found out what I really wanted. I, I wanted to work with people, and I wanted to, to sell. You know, I'm good at sales, and uh, they told me, you know, the skills they prepared me with the classes that I needed to to have. You know, for what I wanted to do, and uh, my my life started changing immediately. I found a new job. They got me an interview at this uh, awesome company where I work now. I've been working for that company for four years that I couldn't keep a job for less than a month <laughs> and now I've been four years in that company. My life's changed uh, dramatically and I enjoy my, my, my work now. Uh, my supervisors are like thrilled with me. They they always are happy with the, the work that I do. You know I learned to uh, go that extra miles uh, in my work, and basically my life, my whole life changed, you know. I brought my family from my country, I brought, uh, I bought a house, I got married, I have money in the bank, now I bought a car, and from working on a 7-Eleven for a minimum wage, you know, now my, I work for uh, Sprint, now it's called Embark. Uh for four years I'm being the top seller uh now in the in the whole nation and um, making eighty thousand dollars a year and it's all thanks to the job partnership of Florida they tell me what I needed to know to complete this uh, and change my life so um, I recommend you to just Make the decision right now, don't waste more time. The Job Partnership of Florida changed my life and it can change yours too.
2: The success story you just heard began with a decision to call the Jobs Partnership. The partnership of churches, businesses and community organizations that have come together to provide a training process to help you achieve success in life and work. It begins with a training program on biblical principles for work. And mentors and job counselors coming alongside you to help you make the right decisions for your future resources and tools to remove the barriers that have kept you from opportunity. You will also receive access to a a network of Christian business owners that are looking to hire people just like you who finish this program. Remember that your destiny is shaped by the moments of your decision. Make the decision today to ask your pastor for an application or go to our website at www.jobspartnershipfl.org or give us a call at 407-235-1503.
0: You know, the amazing thing about that video, it said you could show it in English or Spanish, and I watched it in Spanish. Same guys. So they're both bilingual, and both did their gig, both in Spanish and English. I was very impressed. I, again, I got a lot more of the English one than the other one. But uh, our opportunity, I'm so excited about Steve Kossler, uh, Scott Alexander, and other businessmen are really leading this charge and what we're doing is, is bringing this in uh, to Eatonville, and it's a great opportunity. If you're a gifted business man or woman, um, we need you to, uh, to help uh, along the, uh, this great opportunity. So again, that's going to be in Fellowship Hall. Really, who are we? Well, God gave me this analogy of who we are, and it's kind of like a Pez dispenser. Uh, we're Pez dispensers. I mean, God's the one who has created us as we are, and you may not like the way you look as a Pez dispenser, but... He has created you this way. And not only that, he has uniquely gifted you. Each one of us has a gift with something inside. And he's empowered us to dispense those to one another for the glory of God. God has uniquely gifted us to dispense that gift to others for the glory of God. So, Bill, uh, give that to your grandkids. Uh, Batman, Chief Doyle, I kind of think of you as Batman, you know, you take there. Don Berge, uh, uh. now, I think, uh, I think you are, you're more Yoda. I'm thinking you and Yoda. I got Sid Cash's Chewbacca. And I thought that maybe Darth Vader should go to our headmaster, Luann Schendel. <laughs> oh, not true, not true. <laughs> But what an interesting analogy that we are similar to a Pez dispenser designed by God, the gift he has given us to give to one another. Just think of the incredible intelligence all that year of seminary to come up with that. It's just an amazing thing. (laughs) Lastly, and not least, lastly, let's, let's, let's turn here our attention to verse 11. Why have we been uniquely gifted? So that in all things... God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The reason God has uniquely gifted us and the reason, the purpose He calls for us to serve one another is so that God receives glory. And all of this is through Jesus Christ. God says, listen, whoever speaks the utterances of God better do so speaking for me. And I want to tell you as your pastor, this humbles me and it makes my knees knock together. In reality, that God has not called me to be a storyteller. God has not called me to be a Pez dispenser. Oh, yes, he has, but not just giving away Pez's. God has called me to preach his word to you the best of my ability, and it's his word. And that's, Orangewood, I'm going to commit that again to you. The one who speaks before you, may he speak the oracles of God, because that is what we need. But listen, each and every one of us is called to serve. And why do we serve? It is so that they will sing the glory of our Savior's name. It is so that our Father will receive glory. That is why we are created. That is our purpose. That is our goal. And we can only glorify God through Jesus Christ. There is no other way to glorify God. We can't glorify Him on our own. We cannot glorify Him through another religion. We are created to glorify Him and the only vehicle in which we can glorify God is through faith in Jesus Christ. It's a reminder that it's not about us. No matter what we do, no matter what we plan, it's not about us. It's for Christ and His kingdom. It's about living for the glory of the Father through an obedient life in the Son. All that we do, Orangewood, all that we're called to do is to glorify Christ. Please, after this service, make your way to Fellowship Hall and say, God, I know you've uniquely gifted me to serve one another for the glory of Christ. As the worship team comes forward, let me lead us in prayer. Let us pray. Oh, Father God. Thank you for your manifold grace, your multicolored grace that is uniquely gifted each and every one of us. Lord, on our own, there's not a lot of beauty, but you put us together as the body of Christ, using our gifts, fan for your glory. And oh, Father God, we thank you for the beauty of the picture. God, thank You for loving us enough and knowing the depths of our needs that You have gifted us uniquely to serve one another in Your name. And God, thank You for the glorious reminder that everything we do, the very reason that we live, everything, Father, should be done for Your glory. And You can only receive glory through Your Son. So remind us afresh that it's not about us, but for Christ in his kingdom, we pray. Amen.